There is no video on the show today or, well, a specific reason. We'll get to that in just a few moments. We talked together this morning. Yesterday, of course, was the announcement of the passing of Limbaugh, the man who is universally loved and loathed at the same time. Kind of an intriguing thing, I guess. I, there's no denying that he's a trans, transformative figure in the world of broadcasting. And virtually everyone who has a microphone, everyone who does a radio show, a podcast, any kind of political commentary, finds themselves in the position of having at some point or another compared themselves or listening to or learning from Rush Limbaugh because he was so successful at it. You can't, even if you hated him, you can't argue that he wasn't successful at it. He certainly was. The tune of multi-million dollar long-term contracts that the dream of everybody's world, Joe Rogan wouldn't exist in a world that hadn't had Rush Limbaugh. Now, that doesn't mean that shows wouldn't exist. I, technology has moved us to the point where I think the idea of podcasting particularly, but radio in particular, would have continued to grow in such a way that more and more people would have been involved. Now, the problem, of course, with radio is you either have to buy time or you have to get a job, which aren't the jobs in radio are disappearing very rapidly. So you're, you're stuck with buying time. But you can do a podcast for free. It doesn't cost you. I mean, it does cost a little bit, a bit, but not. I think I spend my own money. I think I spend somewhere around $1,700 to $2,000 a year on just hosting and, and distributing my podcast. It's a hobby what the IRS would classify it as a hobby. But even that would have happened without Rush Limbaugh. What wouldn't have happened was the transformative effect on entertainment. Now, I know I've already gotten into it with a couple of people who are, they don't like the fact that Rush Limbaugh was quoted as saying people listen to the radio for three reasons. One, to be entertained. Two, to be entertained. And three, to be entertained. They don't like that because he was such a conservative icon. They want him remembered for his politics, not for what he did behind the microphone. I don't see it that way. I just don't. Politics is transitory. The, the idea that what is important today will always be important is a myth. The things that were important to your grandparents, to my grandparents, a hundred years ago, don't matter anymore. The things that drove politics 50 years ago are not the same things anymore. The, the differences, I mean, we, we're always talking about, you, you know the people that I'm talking about, 
hey, don't, don't you know that the Democrats and Republicans switched places? Can't tell me when or where, but you can tell me that they did. And so I'm supposed to believe that somehow or another, because of that, there wasn't some transitory effect in politics. There is, and there always has been, and there always will be. Rush Limbaugh's politics, while I happen to agree with most of them, not all of them, but most of them, are, well, they're a product of the times, just like every man is. Every man is a product of his generation. There are Barry Goldwaters in every generation, just like there are Bill Clintons in every generation. Whether what, what Rush Limbaugh did was something amazing, I think, in many ways, that very few people actually grasp. I think Rush grasped it. I think, I, in fact, I know he did because that's what he said. It's the listen to the radio to be entertained, to be entertained, and to be entertained. And I have found in my own career, my own time both on radio and in podcasting, that entertaining people while educating and enlightening is far more effective than preaching. I know that sounds like a strange thing to say, but it's true. If I were to just sit here and this, I would tell you that this is where most liberal talk show hosts fail is they spend their time preaching and ranting as opposed to entertaining. I, I, I've listened to Tom Likas. I've listened to the likes of that. I, I, I know what they do. It's not good radio. You can find conservative hosts that are not good radio because they're not entertaining. They're simply lamb-blasting. They're simply blowing up. They think that yelling and screaming is what it's all about. Do you ever hear Rush really do that? I mean, on occasion, sure, but without passion, without something that he was really, truly about? He understood something innately, or probably not innately. He probably learned it along the way, but that never got communicated well. And that's, it's a fascinating concept, and it's something, oddly enough, we've been talking about in recent days in some of my other places that I hang out. And it's this idea that communication, speech, is revelation. In other words, when I say something, I can't take it back. I can't, it's out there, it's, it's done. Um, almost never have I, A, not published a, a podcast because of something I said on it, or B, edited something out. I mean, occasionally I edit, you know, a bad word out or something, or if something, you know, if I drop something, <laughs> I'll edit that out. But it's a general rule of thumb. This show is called Plausibly Live because it's live. This is like a radio show. There's, there's no, and there's no dump button here. The, but communication is revelation. I am revealing to you something about myself that hitherto you may not have known. Rush Limbaugh, when he spoke, his speech became revelation. And the concept here is it, it comes from a concept in scriptures where the speech of God is revelation. This is how God reveals himself. He speaks. Now, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the theology of this because it's really not what I wanted to get into, but there is a point to this, which is that speech is often misunderstood or miscommunicated or misseen. 
misheard. Why? In human speech, it is a well-known, established doctrine that speech has multiple components. For example, someone figured out once, and I forget the guy's name, Menhaden or something like that, uh, figured out that 7% of human communication, verbal communication, is tone. So in other words, your tone gives, uh, gives a listener some hint of what you're saying, but only 7% of it, meaning that some 93% of the rest of what you have to say or some is being said to or what you're listening to cannot be interpreted simply from the tone. That's a little understandable, I suppose. Tone is one of the hardest things to convey. It's even in written communication, tone is very difficult to, to express to someone. I got an email this week from one of my subvets. I to this day, to this moment, I have no clue what it means. It's an email that was in response to something that I had to announce, and the email read, and I'm quoting here, this is the first time I've ever responded to you, and it will be the last. That's what it said. I have no clue what it means. I, I really don't. The same guy that sent me that email, the tone of it, I, I don't know what it is. The same guy who sent me that email also responded on Facebook in a very positive way to the same communication and sent me a text responding. So the email, if all I had to go on was the email, I would have probably a very negative idea of what he meant. 7% tone, 35% of the communication is the actual verbiage, the actual words that are spoken. So you hear my words and you understand them just like the email. I understood the words. This is the last, the first time I've responded. This will be, it'll also be the last. I understand the words, don't understand the meaning. Oftentimes we find ourselves in the same way in, in, in studying of Torah, don't we? We, we see the words on the page, we know what the words mean, but do we really understand them? Constitutionally, it's the same thing. We read words on a page, but sometimes we don't really get what they mean, which leaves, for those of you that are keeping track, a pretty significant portion of communication that we haven't defined yet. And it's here that I think that the vast majority of people who hated Rush Limbaugh, and even to some degree those who loved him, have missed the point. There's an idea that evil is in the world because, and again, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the, on the theology of this, but the, the idea here is that God has contracted himself and that he has in essence, hidden his face. Now, those of you that are even remotely familiar with, with the scriptures know that the face of God cannot be viewed by human beings. Why? We assume that that's because, you know, it would kill us or whatever. It's too much for human beings. But that's not really the case. It's more along the lines of, if you were to see the face of God, you would come to a complete understanding of what He's saying, because, as Menhaden said, 
55% of speech, 55% of verbal communication is facial expression. It is nonverbal communication. Is it a smile? Is it a laugh? Is it a twinkle in the eye? Is it a tilted head, a raised eyebrow? All of those things make speech far more understandable than simply reading them or hearing the tone. And the concept here is that because you would, because you would understand what God was saying, it would, it would eradicate free choice. It would eradicate the idea that human beings can make a choice for themselves. And so God does not permit his face to be seen. Hence, Moshe is not allowed to see God's face. Elijah is put in the cleft of the rock with a hand over, and all he can see is God's hindquarters passing away. The amazing thing to me about Rush Limbaugh, and I'm not saying Rush Limbaugh is God, please don't send me those emails, is that unless you are really a dedicated ditto head, and I was not, and were willing to pay him even more money than he was already making to watch his video, all you really ever heard was his voice. You could pick up some things on tone and inflection, but you never saw his face. You never saw his hands. You never saw the nonverbal communication, which equaled more than half of the understanding of the concepts and things that he was saying. Even with that, he was highly entertaining. Even with that, people tuned in because he believed in entertaining. But you have to ask yourself, if I hated Rush Limbaugh, did I really understand him? In the same way that you have to ask yourself, if I hate God, is it because I really hate God or because I really have never seen God's speech, God's revelation, that 55% that of nonverbal communication that allows me to have a fuller understanding of what's going on? I know it's a weird concept, and I know it's, a, it's hard to, to get your hands around, and maybe it's not very entertaining. I don't know. But I do know this. I know that if all you ever listened to was a few minutes of Rush here and there, saw a newspaper article, a headline, or a social media post, you most likely never really understood what he was saying. Now, you might have seen the words. You might have even picked up on the tone. But without the rest of it, you had no chance of really understanding it. And maybe, just maybe, if you had that understanding, you might not be quite so bitter. You might not be posting things like, eh, Rush was a piece of shit. Like, glad he's gone. What a misogynist. It's amazing to me that people that have the love is love bumper stickers on their Priuses are the people posting that. The people on their fourth, third and fourth marriages are the people accusing him of being a misogynist. It's, uh, it's rather remarkable. Sure, it's hypocritical. But how much of it is because there was never any real understanding of what he was doing? There was never really real understanding of what was taking place, of completely hearing the communication, as opposed to just, you know, a little over 40% of it. If you make your judgment on that 40%, you're not really going to, what's the Facebook checker say all the time? Missing context. Now, I think a lot of people miss context. I think a lot of people intentionally miss context. And 
I think they do it because they want to, in the same way that they don't really want to see the face of God. That said, Rush Limbaugh had a huge impact on a lot of people. And there is no one who has a microphone. I don't care what your show is about. I don't care what you talk about. I don't care if you hated Rush, loved Rush, agreed with Rush, disagreed with Rush. You have, If you're sitting in front of a microphone now, you learned from him. And that's a fact, whether you want to admit it or not.